welcome to livealittlehigher.com. This week we will be celebrating the holiday of Shavuot. It's really a special holiday. It's one of the, of the festivals of the Jewish people when they used to come to the temple to bring their offerings. And um, actually it's where everything began because it's the giving of the Torah, we're receiving the Torah and it's, um, we wouldn't have all this Torah that we learn if it's not for this holiday of Shavuot, of remembering the day that Hashem gave us the Torah. So today we're going to talk about Ruth on, this, on the second night of Shavuot. It's customary in many, in many congregations to read Megillat Ruth, the book of Ruth. Why is this important? What, what is the connection of Ruth with Shavuot? And uh, who is Ruth? So Ruth is actually the great-grandmother of King David. She's the mother of the, of the monarchy of the Jewish people. And uh, it's interesting because she really came from another religion. She came from the Moabite tribe, Moab, and uh, she was a convert. And uh, where did Moab come? And we have to understand that when the, uh, God destroyed Sodom, the only survivor from Sodom was Lot and his two daughters. And so they were, they were hiding in a cave and they thought, these daughters, that the whole humanity had been destroyed like in the flood, in the, in the flood of Noah. And they imagined that they were the only three survivors, survivors of the world and they felt like they had to reproduce with their father so the world would not come to an end. And so one of the daughters, the oldest daughter, uh, they, they made their father drunk uh, and uh, eventually from this union comes Moab and Moab means from my father. It was a terrible, terrible uh, kingdom or people, let's call it, in the Torah, they were very immoral. We'll see in, in the preceding uh, parashas how the Moabite women came and enticed the Jewish men, made them fall into sin, and they used to idol worship this, this God called Molech, who was, um, was a god that they used to throw their children into this god and, 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 and burn the children in fire. So this Ruth, she was actually a princess of this, of this tribe of Moab, and, um, and she hated it. She, she really felt like, oh, this is wrong, like this, I'm not in the right place, and I'm not in the right people. And uh, she, she really didn't feel she was part of these people. So then there's this lady called Naomi, and Naomi was married to Elimelech, and this Naomi and Elimelech, it was a, a bad time in the land of Israel, there was famine, and he decided, he was a very rich man, and he decided to go and try his luck somewhere else, and he went to live amongst the people of Moab. And um, this Ruth eventually ended up getting married to one of their sons, and um, she converted to Judaism. And eventually these two sons of Naomi died and Elimelech died. And so Naomi decided to go back to the land of Israel. And she told her two, her two daughter-in-laws that they were princesses of Moab, that she was this poor lady 
Like it's better they stay with their people and they continue being royalty in their land and that they should not come with her. And um, one of them stayed and Ruth decided, no way, I'm not gonna do this. I wanna be with you, your God is my God, your people is my people, and if I die, I shall die with you. And so she went with her and they came to the land of Israel, very destitute. And um, this Naomi was gonna go out to look for food. And she, this Ruth was a very refined human being. She says, no way, I'll go out and look for you. And so she came, she came, and she came to the, to the, to the, to the land of a man that was called Boaz. And this Boaz had a big, big piece of land, and actually he was family of, of, of Naomi, of her husband. And uh, he didn't know who this Ruth was, but he saw how she came to pick up food from the land, his land, uh, see, they have open spaces for the poor people to come and collect uh, the food that the land produced. And he saw how she was refined, she didn't, like just bow down, she bended to pick everything. And he was really, he looked up, like he says, who is this woman? She's not just like a poor woman. I can see there's royalty in her. And so he eventually got married to her. And from this union comes, um, they were the great grandparents of King David. So it says in Megillat Ruth, he measured out six barleys and placed it upon her. And they, our, our sages know that the unusual nature of this present and observe the following. So it is the way of a king, of a king Boaz, to give only six barley grains. Like, he's so stingy, why did he give her only six? And so in, um, in rules it says, and it can mean that he gave her six measures of barley as a woman, is incapable of carrying so much weight. Therefore, it must have been a symbolic gift. And Rabbi Yehuda bar Rabbi Shimon said, in the merit of this gift, six Sadikim descended from Ruth, David, Hizkiyahu, Yoshiyahu, Hananiah, Mihael, and Azariah. And the last three are counted as one, as Daniel and King Mashiach. So by my whole, uh, the Kotzner Rebbe, the Kotzker Rebbe, who was the holy grandfather of this Shem Mishmuel, who's giving us this, uh, this information, this great teaching, said that Klal Israel did not inherently possess the ability to establish Malchut. We could not establish the royal house of Israel. Why? Because we were not like kings. The, the Jewish people didn't have a, a leader that was like a king. So they just had to import the potential from these nations of Ammon and Moab, who were their, their neighbor, neighbors, and Ruth, the progenitor of the house of King David, came from Moab. So this simple explanation of this is that Israel possessed an intrinsic tendency for unity. The result of this was that no one person could or needed to establish himself as a ruler of the other people, because we were one, we were one. So one, should, one could compare this to the human body in which it is non-essential to claim that the arm could rule over the head, for example, or the ear. You have a body, the body is the body. And so the, the Shem Ishmael says that no ruler can emerge from, one, from a place of unity where people are, you know, teamwork, 
And the only exception to this is Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu was the king of Israel. He was a leader, and he was a leader of leaders. But anyways, if you look at the accountings of Moshe, you had a lot of people that went against his leadership, and they, they used to test him to the limits. So this merely proves out a point as Moshe was qualitatively different from every other member of the Jewish people. And in some very real way, completely separate from them, it was the intrinsic superiority which enabled him to assume leadership. Why? Because he was, he grew up in a, in a house of king. He grew up in the house of, 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 of Pharaoh. So he knew what king, kingship mean, meant. He knew what a pharaoh was. He was a leader of Egypt, and he gave all these rules, and people had to follow him. If not, they would die. But Moshe, even though he had the qualities to be a leader, he didn't have it in him to be this type of tyrannic uh, person that was going to rule over the Jewish people. So let's investigate the nature of Moab. And this nation begins as I said before, in Ammon, with the daughters of Lot, one was uh, the mother of Moab, the other one was the mother of the nation of Ammon. And in Yeshayahu it says, we heard the pride of Moab, they are very proud. Their pride and arrogance and their conception are improper. So Moab is a, is, is a people that are known for being proud and haughty. And this is not a good ingredient in, 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 a, in a Jew. Like we try to be humble, we try not to be haughty, right? We, we try to keep ourselves low. This is a, the Torah perspective of how a Jew should be. But in reality, uh, these uh, attributes of pride and haughtiness really can be refined to be, uh, to be malchut, to be dignity and nobility because a king needs to have uh, a certain awareness that he is a ruler, you know? And, um, and he has to have these components of being able to rule. So, but in the Jewish way, a king is not like any other king of the world. The Jewish king has a lot of things that he has to, to work on in order for himself to keep himself in the right place. Like for example, a king of the Jewish nation, in those days when we had kings, they had to have a separate Torah that they carried with them every day, everywhere where they went. They had words of Torah in front of them. They couldn't have many horses. They couldn't have many women. They couldn't have a lot of gold and silver. So they wouldn't lose themselves in the aspect of being like the, these despotic rulers. Uh, but at the same time, they had to have uh, strength and they had to have gevura and boundaries. They had to play with these attributes in order to be able to be um, the rulers of the, of, the, of the land of Israel. So, although this may be a bad trait, at least in the manifestation of Moab, uh, in the kosher guise as Torah Malchut, the kinship could never exist in Klal Israel. David HaMelech was descended from Ruth and the Moabite, hence part of his spiritual makeup was inherent from Moab. So his, his kingship, really, he had this blend of is, is Jewish with Moabite. So he had in, in his makeup this pride and this haughtiness. And that's why his whole life he was repenting and he wrote all these Tehillim 
gave us the gift of the healing where he's really all his life is humbling himself, humbling himself, humbling himself. But he came from a place of pride, of understanding. While of course the characteristic of pride manifested itself in a positive manner in David, he could not have achieved his greatness without it. And so in fact, without this, the Jewish king cannot succeed. Indeed, Shmuel criticized, the prophet Shmuel criticized Shaul HaMelech, uh, who was David's predecessor, who was always trying to kill him. He criticized him. And in the book of Shmuel, he said, even if you are small in your eyes and you are not the head of the tribes of Israel, Rebbe said in the name of Shmuel, why did the malchuts of Shaul not continue? Why he was nothing, no other king came out of him. Why? So, but in contrast, David originated from Ruth, the Moabite, and from her, all the descendants of, of kingship of the Jewish people will come from the tribe of Judah, from this, um, this union of Boaz and Ruth. And so it's apparent from all this that Shaul's lack of ability to raise himself above the other members of Klal Israel and to see himself as their superior and ruler meant that he and his descendants could never retain the Mahut on a permanent uh, basis. What happened to him? Uh, God told him that he had to ex 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 exterminate the nation of Amalek. No, he, he could have to kill all of them, women, children, the animals, everybody. And he couldn't do it because he was missing that component. And what happened was that this, uh, the king of Amalek at that time impregnated his wife. And although he killed the king, the wife carried the baby. And from there we have till today Amalek. Haman was Amalek, um, Hitler was Amalek, and all these people who try to destroy the Jewish people come from Amalek. So let us return to Boaz. The Holy Arizal, the, the Rabbi Isaac Luria, showed that the name Boaz can be broken down into Boaz, which means strength is in him. And this conveyed the fact that Boaz knew he had the potential Latin within him to bring forth the six Sadiqim mentioned in the Midrash above when he gave Ruth the six symbolic grains of, of, of barley. He indicated that he relinquished the power and instead he handed it to her. It's important to note that, as a that at this stage in their relationship, Boaz had no idea whether or not he will actually end up marrying Ruth. There was a living relative that was much younger than Boaz and he thought he was the one that was gonna marry Ruth. But she re redeemed her late husband's property. However, Boaz ignored this, realizing that it was in the best interest of Klal Israel for the Malchut to come from Moabit, Ruth. And thus he was prepared to sacrifice his potential to be the progenitor of the whole Davinic line including that of, my, of Mashiach himself. So for the national good, Boaz realized that the line of David must begin with a Moabite trait of pride refined and developed for Jewish use. And he noticed that Ruth embodies these characteristics. So he could see the, the, the re royalty in her. He could see that she was regal. He could see that she, had, she carried this trait of pride and haughtiness, which is if you're using it for a good reason, it's a good trait. Like for example, if you're a proud Jew and you're a very proud Jew and you're in a place where you have to like 
go low because you know you're in a place where you, you could be harmed because you're a Jew but nevertheless you stand up because I'm a Jew you know that is that 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 that's that uh, attribute that we're talking about or or a Jew goes to a place for example and he's a, a, a from Jew he, he's a committed Jew and he's receiving a price somewhere else and he says I'm sorry I cannot eat here the food is not kosher you know, he's not ashamed that he's Jewish and that he cannot eat that food they're going to give him. There's a story of Professor Auman when he won the Nobel Prize and he was taken to receive this Nobel Prize. And he was taken, um, it was on Shabbat, the day that they gave the prize. So he stayed close to the place where they were going to give him the, the prize and he asked for kosher food and he walked to the place and he walked out and the, and the food had to have a mashgia that made sure that they were not cooking on Shabbat, that the food was brought to him in the, in, in the right way. And he was this Professor Aman. Thousands of people were there receiving Nobel Prize. And everybody was being served this beautiful, in beautiful plates. And this guy comes up with, the, with the, his food in tinfoil paper with plastic cutlery, and he didn't care. And he sat there and he ate it and he did his brahas and he did keep Shabbat, everything. Why? Because he's that, this, this proud, he's a proud Jew. And this is an important characteristic that the Jewish people must have. So we see that Ruth had this characteristic and her involvement became essential regardless of whether or not he became the patriarch of the family. And this act of Boaz was a gesture of the finest altruism. He was old. He was already very old when he ha married Ruth. Ruth was young and he died the moment he, he died. He never got to see his children. But nevertheless, he understood that he had a big part in this, um, this shidduch that was to bring the, 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 the kingship to the people of Israel. So he must have taken tremendous strength of character to overcome his personal desire, to bring forth some of the greatest people in the history of the world, and to be prepared past to the potential to rule, knowing that he himself might be eliminated from the genealogy. And in reality, however, it is upon this very soft sort of altruism that the Malchuts of David is based it was not just a trait of Ruth from Moab that was needed to begin the Mahut, but also the ability to have self-sacrifice once a person be able to live in an altruistic way, a person to be able to live higher than himself, to, to be able to benefit other people. Life is not about you. This world is not meant to be only about you is about you benefiting the world. And so this is essential requirements for successful Jewish king. And when Boaz saw in Ruth the spark of Moab that was required and he handed her his entire potential to bring forth the six Sadikim, at that moment the Malchuts of David and Mashiach were born. So we hope that soon in our days we will be able to experience the, the final redemption with Mashiach, Sikeinu in our days, and I want to wish you a blessed Shavuot. Shavuot, may you receive the Torah with joy, with gladness of heart, in good health, and, and understand that it's a privilege to be able to live a Torah life. It's not, uh, you know, you're not doing favors to God. God is doing favors to us. So remember, live a little higher. Thank you.